Greetings, parish orphans and retrogrades. Today, we'll be treating a question that is deceptively important, deceptively central to the 266th pontificate of Pope Francis. That issue is annulment. Catholic divorce? You'll be able to tell me at the end of today's show. A, a typical Catholic refrain for what I take to be all two millennia of the Roman Catholic Church's tradition and history is that annulment, which has been a, a concept, we're going to discuss it in great detail today, is not Catholic divorce. Since the Second Vatican Council, to repeat this is to advertise and to give maybe too much credence to a legal fiction that is no longer true. That's what I'll suggest at the beginning. That's all I'm going to say, that, that, that perhaps it's now a baseless legal fiction to say what we've said for our bimillennial Catholic tradition. Annulment is not Catholic divorce. It's a hard case to make after Vatican II. You be the judge, though. First off, I want to open just by giving you a ground, a context for this issue. Why is it so deceptively central? And by deceptively central, I mean ostensibly not central, but actually, to the Francis pontificate and what Francis and the Sankt Gallen Mafia, the destroyers and usurpers of the Roman Catholic Church over the last three decades have sought to do. Why is it so important to them? Well, remember, the central act thus far of Francis's pontificate is April of 2016's post-synodal apostolic exhortation promulgated by Pope Francis called Amoris Laetitia, the joy of sex. Sorry, he translates it the joy of love, right? And it's all about the supposedly pastoral question, what do we do about those who are divorced and civilly remarried? I'm going to read you throughout the course of today's show some staggering statistics. Most Catholics are not much better than most secularists at remaining married. And we are not allowed to divorce as Catholics. So what do we do to these people? Do we invite them back into the community? Do they come to Mass semi-worthlessly without receiving communion? I mean, let, let's be honest here. That's the most they're allowed to do if they're divorced but civilly remarried without an annulment. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. I'm trying to give you the whole picture. This is the first act that Car Cardinal Walter Brandmuller said Francis, who has been given to us as Pope, by a pamphleteering mob known as the Sankt Gallen Mafia. I've talked to you about them a bunch, a group within a group of darkling leftist cardinals who are radicals that want to reform the church altogether. His, Walter Brandmuller said in 2014 that the first act of Pope Francis at the agenda of Gallen would be to give communion to the divorced and civilly remarried. To... Uh, family synods, Extraordinary Synod of October 2014, the Ordinary Synod of October 2015 preceded the release of that post-synodal apostolic exhortation, a document written by the Pope after witnessing both of those synods in the two previous Octobers, is a typically Catholic low magisterial document wherein a Pope 
memorializes his takeaway principles after watching somewhat passively a synod, or in this case, two. Well, October to October, 2014 to 2015, what came out was that it was a rigged synod. Uh, remember our friend Edward Penton said, this is a rigged synod. The, the, the document's already written lar- in large part. This thing is a sham. One of the Sankt Gallen Mafia members, in particular Cardinal Walter Casper of Germany, had been pushing to the two previous pontificates, JP2 and Benedict XVI, essentially a, a way to get around it. He would end up preponderating, winning. It's called the Foro Interno, the For- Internal Forum. And it is essentially a play taken from the playbook of Eastern Orthodox, who have contraception and, and divorce. Um, they're, they're, no, they're no solution to the problems of modernism within church even though they still have beautiful divine liturgy. That's all they've got. But don't go there. Look to their moral philosophy, their moral theology, and it is a train wreck. It's a dumpster fire. So much of a dumpster fire that the modernists in the church, Francis's friends, the ones who elected him, called the Sant Gallen Mafia, were led by one mafioso, an alum of Sant Gallen, named Walter Casper, who after 30 years of lobbying JP2 and Benedict, got his way after the first two synods of the Francis Pontificate, before the mask was really off, the mask came off by the fait accompli, the effectuation of Casper's goal, the Foro Interno, giving communion to the divorced and civilly remarried, which changes not only the church teaching on divorce, it changes the church teaching on mortal sin and communion writ large. It is as fundamental as it gets. And evil bastards like Walter Casper and the Sankt Gallen Mafia want it because it's Luciferian. Because the more you give communion to the divorced and civilly remarried, the more you're desecrating the hosts. The more you are causing a further mortal sin. It's a, a mortal sin to receive the Eucharist, when you're in a state of mortal sin, remember, you're getting more souls dragged down to hell. You're telling more people that they don't have cancer when they do, that it's okay to get divorced, that it's okay to receive the Eucharist when you're in a state of grave sin, like divorce and remarriage. And it's been a train wreck. Okay, today's show will prove why all of that, that's a different track. That's all for folks the small minority of folks, parish orphans and retrogrades, that since the close of Vatican II, which destroyed everything in its consequences, everything Catholic, everything in the world, the small folks that actually get rejected for an annulment, which is next to no one, there are districts which have a 0% rejection of annulment application rate. Zero. That small percent are the, only, are the ones that Francis and Walter Casper were dealing with in Amoris Laetitia. Do you understand? Everybody else, since the close of Vatican II, applies for a, an annulment, Catholic divorce, and receives it. I'll share with you the numbers in a second, but I want to proceed orderly. Sometimes I get excited when I do all this research. I have it in front of me and on my phone, and I'm dying to get it out. But, but you need the backdrop. This is point zero to the whole show today 
And yes, look, I understand. I'm getting emails already, many emails, dozens of emails of people. Hey, I have an annulment. Am I the exception, the true case for annulment? There is a true case for annulment. It's been around for 2,000 years. I don't know your particular circumstances, but what I do know is this. All dozen to two dozen, dozen and a half emails that I've received in the last three days, not all of you can be the true exception. When you hear the numbers which substantiate this claim, you will agree. Not all of you guys, even, even my friends, even fans of the show, family members, uh, you know, in, in, particularly in the, the baby boomer generation of all of our families, you can't all be the exception. Because the takeaway principle from today's show, what I'm going to prove to you beyond a shadow of a doubt, is that 99% of the annulments being granted cannot be valid by heaven's judgment. Am I part of the 1% where it's valid? Well, did you have a shotgun wedding? You know, I I do actually know a, a couple that had something very close to a real shotgun wedding. Usually it involves 16 year olds or something like that. An impregnation. There are a few other valid reasons. We're going to go through the whole thing today, and it's going to take some bit. But let me just tell you, let me share a personal note. Of all of my childhood friends, I hung out in a a big group of dudes, rockers and fighters, right? Own own dojos uh, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and fight. And we played in rock bands growing up in high school and college together. I've known these guys since middle school. I don't, I don't mind telling you that although annulment doesn't touch my life in the first order, because I would never seek to get one nor want one, it, it's affected me very personally, right? And in the upper reaches of my family, there's, there's annulment with um, boomers and even the, the older generation. But what I mean is, um, I'm going to read to you from an LA Times article later in today's show, where LA Times in the caption says, uh, Susie Smith, this woman, before the Vatican Council changed it, appealed, for an, uh, uh, appealed to receive the communion, and she had an unannulled divorce, and the priest told her that she had the status of an adulteress, that her action, her adulterous second union, which is what the church has called it for 2,000 years, had the status of common adultery. And LA Times, of course, was saying this as... Uh, for its shock value, to shock the conscience. What? Well, when I told a dear friend of that, my best friend growing up, look, we're both raised Catholics. I know you've kind of fallen away, but literally, if, if you get involved in what would be to one party, you or, or the girl, it would be an adulterous second union. That's what the church says. In God's eyes, it doesn't matter. If you are civilly divorced... Without an annulment, we'll get into whether or not the annulments are all valid. That's the real stuff to today's show. But if you get a divorce without even going through the motions, which most Catholics don't, of getting the rubber stamp annulment, just go do that at that point, I guess. Or just don't do this at all. But if you do, you'll have the the status of an adulterer. Same as someone that's running around on their wife. No moral difference. Aside from the fact that you're doing it out in the open. You don't incur the extra sin of lying, but you do incur the extra sin of scandal. So it's, it's the exact same thing. Well, the LA Times and my entire group of childhood friends can't believe it. 
This is the fundamental attack on the family that the destroyer and usurper, Pope Francis, has been sent to the chair of Peter to effectuate. And, and he got it done. He got it done in 2016. But the whole thing's pretextual because in the year before, in 2015, Pope Francis looked at the sweeping reforms made at Vatican II and he said, those weren't enough reforms to annulment. Everyone gets an annulment now. Almost no one is rejected for an annulment. In some dioceses, 0% of people are rejected for annulment. And he still wanted to do everything he did with that lingering remnant of folks that couldn't get an annulment, that small minority, and give communion to them. And he did. So this is very central to the Francis question, folks. This is the worst thing he's done. I have a show. You should go watch it. The 101 Outrages of Pope Francis. He said Jesus wasn't part of the Trinity while he lived. You know, he didn't teach that. He said it on record, off record to Eugenio Scalfari. Well, this is technically worse than that, even though that's blasphemy because he didn't teach it. Or, I don't know. It's, it's up there. This, he, he stuck these teachings into the Acte Apostolica Sedis. Serious business. Okay. We're going to get into it momentarily. I would just point out, if you want to help this show, please go buy... Ask your husband, Steph's book. You can get it on my website, timothyjgordon.com. And also buy The Case for Patriarchy, which you can get on Amazon. You can get Steph's book there too. Those two books, you can ask the folks that have read them. The 500 commenters are like, this book saved my marriage. Both of these books together saved my marriage twice over. Will save anyone from having to dabble in Catholic divorce. Read these books and implement them. And I promise big here, they are going to put you on the right track. That's how you support this show. Do you think, I, I just shared my story. All my friends turned their backs on me because I, I told my best friend, you can't do this, man. You know, you, you can't, you have to follow God's law even when it's hard. This is going on in between the 2014 and 2015 synod. I'm like, I can't be rooting for the synods here. And then when it hits me in my private life, give my best friend a pass. It is adultery. I put where my money where my mouth is. I put my money where my mouth is in my books. I've pissed off plenty of Novus Ordo folks because I say the new mass is basically garbage. Uh, basically garbage as it's done in 99% of the places. I've pissed off the SSPX folks because I don't go there. I only go to the fully licit Latin masses. I've pissed off tons of you guys, but you keep coming to Rules for Retrogrades because you know like a good journalist whose motto is just the facts, ma'am. Here, it's just the truth. I'm a commentator. So it's, it's, it's just the truth. Okay? I'm not seeking to make anybody mad. I'm seeking to do what the all but apostatized bishops of the church will not do. Across the board. Teach it. Wives, you got to submit to your husbands. Right? Husbands. You got to get off the porn and go straight home more after work. People, you got to find illicit Latin mass, I've said now. Now, that's a more complex issue. That, that's the issue with the most nuance, the mass. But I've made people mad there. I said, people, I love the Latin mass. I strongly dislike the Novus Ordo. I don't think they're anywhere comparable. 
And yet Francis had the authority titularly to do traditionis custodis. A bunch of people were mad at me there. It's just about the truth. It's not about what's palatable to people. And now I'm telling, I know there are a bunch of folks with uh, so-called annulments in my audience. I'm not trying to make you mad, but you trust this show because there's no other show out there that's not in some way just throwing red meat to its tribe. Everyone needs a tribe. Everyone's got a tribe. This show has a tribe. You're the parish orphans and retrogrades. But I apply this in my own life. I've lost friends. When people say I've lost friends over this, a lot of times they mean, ah, it was a work acquaintance. These are my best friends, a surrogate family. All because I said, look, man, divorce and civil remarriage without annulment is adultery. And everyone turned their back. So I'm willing to put my money where my mouth is. I'm doing it here. No one else will touch this issue, kind of like the IVF show that you guys have all given me high praise for. I thought that was going to make a bunch of people mad because there are a bunch of people in my audience that have had IVF. Same thing with the annulment. Okay, so let's get into it. Uh, Finally, please do, uh, if you can find the GoFundMe page for Theo Curvers. This is my godson. Late last week, he was diagnosed with leukemia, and he is now in the battle for his life. Uh, his dad is one of my, my closest friends and family members, my, my cousin Steve, who's like a brother. They really need your help, he and his wife. And if you could, as one of the most generous audiences out there, find it in your soul, in your pocketbook, to cough up 5 or $10 a piece, this would really help Theo Curvers to beat leukemia. It's been, it's been a hell of a time. Okay, so I've given you the backdrop. Amoris Laetitia is the worst thing Francis has done. And yet it is a pretext because Francis in the year before Amoris Laetitia had made annulment the most easy of all time to get. Let me, this, let's start this show off as fun as we can, okay? There is a website that I'd like to challenge you all to go to. It's called, it's called Catholic Annulment, Another Chance. And right off the bat, uh, aside from just being, you know, if you don't laugh, you cry styled hilarious, Catholic annulment, another chance, presents us with a titular paradox. Much like, you know, that, that modernist garbage claptrap Novus Ordo church song called One Bread, One Body, that's supposedly about the Eucharist. One bread? The Eucharist is not bread. It's not. A consecrated host is body, blood, and soul, and divinity of Jesus. So they're putting it right there in your face. Have you ever thought about that? You know, it, 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 you, know you, should, you should really try not to go to Novus Ordo if, if there's any licit Latin mass near you. I really have always strongly said this. Please, everyone, you don't have to drive two hours, but if you go to a Novus Ordo if there's no one near you. But TLM is the option, even if it's the, the far church across town. If you can get there, go. Because they're singing songs like this that the modernists being written about by Malachi Martin in Windswept House are so clever. The Eucharist isn't bread. We tell uh, Protestants, right? You listen to a Catholic answer. Eucharist isn't bread. Body, blood, soul, divinity of Jesus. John chapter 6, the gospel of life. But then you go to Mass, and if you're stuck at a Novus Ordo, even if you don't want to be, I get stuck at Novus Ordo's. Some, some Sundays, 
They're up there singing, the Eucharist is one bread, one body. They're shoving it in your face, okay? This, this uh, site called Catholic Annulment, another chance. It's not another chance, right? This is your first chance. It, it's all about, and I called this, I did some investigative journalism, which is not my bag, and I kind of liked it. So I called them like a, like a double agent. I was just like, hey, can you tell me about what, what the options are for, for folks who call you up? I never, I never claimed, I don't think I claimed you know, anything false. They, they assumed that I was looking for a, an annulment. Why is it called another chance? I asked the lady. I don't understand why is it another chance. This is my first chance, right? I was never married before, presumably, if I'm calling you. Listen to what she says. Listen to all of these lies they're telling you. I'll tell you what they told me on the phone. Here it is. Preparing for an annulment is emotional because it involves talking about your past marriage, both the good and bad. Those emotions can be overwhelming. It is also natural to wonder where to start and how to find help. Here's what you need to know about the Catholic annulment process. First, it's important to know that an annulment is not a Catholic divorce. No way. Divorce ends a marriage in civil law. The annulment process is an exploration to see if a marriage is really legal and binding in church law. An annulment explores a marriage to determine whether each of the 15 elements for a sacramental marriage were present 15. on the wedding day when the vows were said. If any one of those elements was not present, the marriage is declared null. 15. If this happens, both individuals will be free to marry in the church. Without an annulment, the couple are still considered married in the eyes of the church, even after a divorce was guaranteed in civil court. Some elements of a sacramental marriage are, both spouses are free to marry and capable of consenting to their vows. That's a real one. They are using good judgment on the wedding day. That's not. They intend to marry for <laughs> make life, that up. be faithful to each other, and be open to the gift of children. That's a real one. The annulment process includes testimony from the individual seeking an annulment, as well as other witnesses to the relationship. Members of the church court will go through everyone's testimony to see if they can determine whether all of the necessary elements were there. Since good testimony is crucial to the annulment process, it's important to gather as much information as possible. Yeah. Another chance Catholic annulment is here to help you. We offer help with the legal requirements, but we also want this process to be pastorally healing for you. Connect with us today to learn how we can help you. Okay. I did like the music. I'm very soothed. Are you soothed? Pair of Georgians and retrogrades. All right. So first off, I got to say, there's a lot that happened because I listened to that public service announcement before I called up and did my piece of investigative journalism. Number one, there are not 15 elements to Catholic marriage. Elemental analysis, if you don't know, um, examines, we use it legally and we use it in philosophy, the essential properties of a thing, and it weeds out accidental properties. For a thing to be whatever thing it is claimed to be, it must have all elements. Now, in law, it's very typical if we say, well, is this negligence? Well, does it have the four elements of negligence? Was there a, a duty breach with causation and damages? It's very typical to see element tests. Thing can't be what it is without all five or four or three being there, uh, having three, four or five parts. I have never, 
in my entire cotton picking life. <laughs> Heard of a 15-point elemental analysis. You could do the easy moral math here. Something, there just aren't platonic, uh, aristo, hylomorphic substances that have 15 elements to them, right? Usually it's three or four. Man is the rational animal, right? Angels are an incorporeal, rational being. There's two or three elements. Having 15, if you do the moral math, allows them to find something. And you must have used the proper loop, swoop, and pull method of tying the groom's shoes on the day of the marriage, or it's not valid. You see? Is that one of the 15? My husband and wife have to agree that Mountain Dew is trash. Yeah, right. What if, what if your wife happens to drink Mountain Dew? If she doesn't, it's null and void. Go have sex with someone else now. I mean, this is what this is all about. This is all about sex. So first off, don't get it twisted. They have soothing music. They talk about folks wanting to participate in the Eucharist and in the full life of the church, just like Francis did in 2014, 2015, and 2016, when he's dealing with people who couldn't get annulments. Oh, they want, they, look, this is about the sacraments. This is about forgiveness. This is about music with that guy like moaning in the background. It's supposed to make you feel good and it's supposed to make you feel like people are trying to come correct. The problem is this. They're wanting to have their cake and eat it too. When Jesus dined with prostitutes, he said, I dined with you once. This was your freebie. What did he say when he is piecing out? Thanks for the rolls. Go and sin no more. So when we deal with divorce, the end of marriage, if you have a civil divorce out there, God bless you. If you got the civil divorce, confessed it, and maybe you can reverse it. You're still allowed to be separated, by the way. For any of you who's, especially if your husbands are dangerous maniacs, completely porn riddled, or refuse like some Kennedy scumbag, you know, like John or, or Bobby Kennedy to just not stop cheating on their wife, you could, you could get a separation. God bless you if you do so and then live celibately. That is the type of person that doesn't need to go get dispensations, annulments, uh, special requests doesn't need Cardinal Casper and Pope Francis to allow you to desecrate the Eucharist. You see what I mean? Those people, okay, even if you got the divorce, it's one and done, but you're not continuing to do it. The big question is divorced and then civilly remarried or divorced, annulled, and civilly remarried. We're going to get to the statistics in a second, but I just want to make this real clear that those people that are living celibately, they get to live in the life of the church. They get to make valid confessions and they get to therefore receive communion. You, the reason you can't make a valid confession when you intend to continue a sin is the same reason that some marriages are actually null and void if someone intends not to have kids in the back of his mind. Or if you cross your fingers behind your back as the priest says, do you accept this person for your whole life? If you're never intending at the moment that the sacrament is formed, whether we're talking the sacrament of confession, you can't be doing this. Well, I'm going to go do this sin again, or it's not valid. At the sacrament of marriage, are you doing this? Those are both null and void, that confession and that marriage. Same with really all the sacraments. Somehow, if you can void it out at the time of creation, then, then uh, you, you could make the case that it's it's not only 
uh, voidable. It's already void. And that's what annulment's all about. That's what the process is all about. Okay? I hope everyone understands that. Catholic annulment, another chance. It's like one bread, one body. So I called and I asked the, the dame that answered the phone, the stats. I said, hey, look, man, I, you know, I, I, I don't, again, I don't think, I think I was kind of stretching the truth. I wasn't outright lying, if I remember correct. But it's like, I was making it sound like, hey, let's make this snappy, all right? I, I want to start chasing the skirt, right? Forget the fact that I've been married. And I promised God and everyone, I want to hit the streets. I want to pop my collar. I want to just, Saturday night at the Roxbury, right? You, me, I want to find the skirt and, and, you know, get to some partying. Because that's what this is about. Marriage is beautiful, yet difficult at times. And what this is all about for Francis and the goons that gave us Francis is telling people, you can mortal sin. You can have your cake and eat it too. You're so holy, you want the Eucharist? We used to tell them, okay, don't get remarried. No problem. Francis always leaves that part out. The annulment lady that I was talking to, she left that part out. I said, look, what are, what are my odds of success? And she was like, she didn't even, she'd never even asked that. She was like, well, you're already divorced and probably remarried to someone, right? And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I'm just asking for a friend, you know? And then she was like, well, most of our people are divorced and already remarried. Meaning people are playing fast. People don't give a shit about the moral status of their soul already. If you're divorced and you already got remarried, which most Catholics do, I'll share the numbers later. And then you're like, later, uh, maybe I'll get an annulment. You already don't care about the rules, about the state of nature, about the real state of your marriage, about your soul, soul, none of it. About her soul. About her soul. So I was like, oh, no, no, no. I Obviously, I'm asking for a friend who would get divorced civilly and then before starting to even date someone, make sure that they annul that, that beast. Put that thing on ice, right? Get that marriage annulled. Then you can date. Because how else does it work, folks? I just want to, I'm going to go on. I'm going to get to the numbers in a sec. But I want you to think about chronology. It's a, it's a conceptual thing. This isn't a totally conceptual show. You need the facts and the figures. I'm going to hit you with them now. They will shock you. They should shock you. But if what annulment has always been defined perennially by the church, is true. If it's essential properties, it's not Catholic divorce. It's just saying that nothing was ever there. Well, you got to have that determination by the canonical tribunal. you got to have that in your pocket before you even start flirting with a girl in a bar across the room or at a, at a discotheque or whatever, whatever all these folks want to do. I mean, it's, it's difficult, right? It's, it's got to be difficult to be divorced and be 50 years old and then people are saying, do you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend? I'm I'm 50. The reason it's called a girlfriend or a boyfriend is because courtship is for teens. But that, okay, that's fine. If you get an annulment, then you overlook that and you go on. But the chronology is supposed to be that you absolutely, I guess, get the civil divorce, get the annulment, and then you begin looking around for someone new to tango with. That's how it's supposed to be. That's not how the lady was talking to me. She said, you have to definitely be divorced and we assume you're already remarried. She, I, I can't, I'm not quoting her directly. She said something to that effect that made me think, not 100% sure, that everyone that calls this hotline at uh, Catholic annulment another chance 
is already remarried. Well, so you don't know if you're going to get the annulment. There are only 300 annulments given in the world prior to Vatican II per year. Did you know that? No, sorry. There are only 300 annulments that were overheard, whose case were overheard. And most of them were denied. There were probably less than 100 that were granted in the world prior to Vatican II. Vatican II destroyed everything. I'm not talking about the documents. I'm talking about the, the great sweeping uh, uh, do doctrinal, disciplinary, obviously liturgical, and quasi-liturgical changes after Vatican II. They didn't come from the documents. I stick by that. But man, they messed everything up. Now, there are 57,000 annulments granted per year in the U.S. Like 73,000 in the world, 57 of them are from here. U.S. is these days a hegemony of Sodom. Okay, but they're all assuming at these hotlines, whichever annulment hotline you call, they're like, oh yeah, 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 I'm sure you've been partying with a new chick, baby. It's a hot, hot time in the old town tonight. I'm sure you've been partying with her for 10 years. You're going to want to take care of that sometime in the next decade. On the old way, for 2,000 years, it would be like, well, why are you presuming you're going to get it? The Catholic Church tells everyone it's not Catholic divorce to get an annulment. You know why? Because we have something called a rebuttable presumption at law in both canon law and in common law, secular law. Rebuttable presumption. What is the rebuttable presumption of a marriage that every canonical tribunal is supposed to consider? That it's valid. That it's valid. You do the rebuttable, it's rebuttable, meaning, yeah, the, the burden of proof is on the other side. It's on the prosecution, right? Here, the burden of proof is on the side that wants the declaration of nullity or invalidity. But Francis, all of, probably the lady I, I talked to, oh, annulment's not just Catholic divorce. No, it wasn't prior to Vatican II. Because there are 300 annulments overheard in the entire world per year. Can you believe that? Now, 57,000 granted in the U.S. each year. Un-freaking-believable. So a rebuttable presumption is very hard. That never got changed because that's doctrinal. That's close to Jesus in the Gospels, in Matthew, saying, look, you just can't get a divorce. So every marriage is presumed valid until you show with the burden of evidence that it wasn't. Um, on the website, there's a short section. It's a little blue box if you go to this thing. It, and it says, thanks to the Holy Father. Let me read to you. Thanks to the Holy Father. Now is the time to request a Catholic annulment. There's a sale on divorces or, or not divorce. Thanks to the Holy Father. Now is the time to request a Catholic annulment. Hopefully you can take advantage of the shorter process. Maybe we can get two for one deals. So I could get two, three, four. Yeah, 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 get it for, you know, $99.95. But wait, we'll throw in an extra annulment if you act fast. However, whether it's the shorter or the longer process, let us help you prove in all caps your case right at the start. How do you do that? I mean, look, I got a law degree, man. How do you prove in all caps your case right from the damn start? Well, you have an overthrow from within the church of all things sacred and holy. Disciplines sacraments, uh, sacramentals, the breviary, you know, the Holy Week, the calendar, the, I don't know what you'd call them, sacramental existentials like being in a marriage or being a priest. Those are desecrated. 
With things in the world that go this sour, you say, burn it and salt the earth. What do you say inside the church? You can't say that. So like I said, um, they presumed, I think, that I was um, already divorced and dating, or I think divorced and remarried, that I just didn't give a shit, right, about the state of myself. What if I would gotten into a car accident? If I'd been divorced and remarried for 12 years, so I just would have been straight to hell, even if it was voidable. My, my previous marriage was presumptively not void. Okay, this brings us to number two. Real fast. The lady on the, the little clip I played for you says there are 15 elements of marriage. Meaning, the more elements, the easier it is for them to circumvent. The finding of validity. The easier to find nullity. A declaration of nullity. There are not. I, I searched high and low. I scoured heaven and earth to find what the ever-loving, sweet, fanciful Moses, these 15 elements were. There are not 15 elements. There are four. And they named two or three of the four when they went through it, which was cute, uh, right? They, they actually named the proper ones. Aside from them naming good judgment on wedding day, well, that's a petitio principio. That's begging the question. Lots of people might think that uh, you or your wife could have done better. That wasn't good judgment. Right? She, this, this, this chick likes those Dockers commercials. How do you marry someone that likes those Dockers commercials? Right? That wasn't good judgment. That's one of the elements they're using, of course. They're getting too... Well, I, I've saved the bombshell for, for last. I think I probably dropped it. I'm bad with bombshells. Only 2% of applied for annulments are denied, folks. Only 1 in 50. 2%. That's Catholic divorce after the council. That's in 1992 specifically. Holy cow. This is damnation. This is a total overthrow. Okay, so I, I want to I point out a couple things going forward. Let me, uh, let me get them ready for you. So, holy cow. The real four elements of a Catholic marriage, there are four. There's usually three or four when you do elemental analysis at law in philosophy or theology, not 15. Uh, a valid Catholic marriage results from four elements. The spouses are free to marry. They, are, uh, they freely exchange their consent, meaning it's not a shotgun in your kidney by the, by the bride's dad because you knocked her up. Number three, in consenting to marry, they have the intention to marry for life, to be faithful to one another and to be open to children. And four, their consent is given in the, con the proper canonical form, like you, you had to marry you know, under these circumstances. That's it. Four elements of Catholic marriage from the time that, that marriage was elevated to a sacrament in the 800s, or 8th century or 800s, I forget which one. That's it. Now, this site is talking about 15, and obviously they're abstracting, and I'm sure they're not making it up because they're sanctioned by the Catholic Church or by the Bishop's Conference or something. They have sanction. So I'm sure they're not making it up. The, the bishops are responsible for it. That you exercise good judgment on your wedding day, right? What if you wore a zany tie to your wedding? What if you wore a really zany tie? That's not exercising good judgment. Annul, null and void. Go party with someone new if you want. You wore the zaniest tie. What if you wore, you know, 
after midnight at your bachelor party or something, you wore a lampshade on your head. Zany, is that good judgment? No. Well, if, if that was after 12 midnight, let's say you, you had a few beers with your, with your buddies and you wore a lampshade because it was getting crazy zany. You didn't exercise good judgment and technically that's on your wedding day, 12.01 a.m. Null and void. That's how they're getting to these. All right, are you ready for the numbers? I read the four elements to you. They're abstracting 15. Aside from their little illustrative but not exhaustive list of those 15, I couldn't find them anywhere because they are fictive. They're made up. There are not 15 elements to Catholic marriage. There are four. And yet somehow these people are using those 15. And the more the better for the partisans of annulment. More chances to whiff. Right? How many... I mean... If you're in, watching NBA basketball in the playoffs and you're like, all right, well, there's 24 seconds left. We're down by one. We got basically one shot clock left. We have one shot at this. One shot at annulment, you either get it or you don't. The fewer the elements, the better. But if you have 10 trips down the bucket, you're like, look, we have, we have 10 different shots. We have 10 tries. That's fine. By naming 15 elements, they gave themselves 15 swings at bat to try to find, to abstract, to divine, to somehow fabricate or superimpose onto the status of reality that most of these people are actually married, some loophole. It's a lawyer's dream, a canon lawyer's dream, a, lift, a leftist canon lawyer. Again, this stuff gets me mad. Look, if you're one of the folks out there that's listening that has an annulment, I'm not sitting in judgment. I'm giving you the facts so you can know. Because none of your, your bishop isn't going to do it. Your priest ain't going to do it. This website, Catholic Annulment, another chance. They're sure as shooting not going to do it. No one's looking out for you because no one wants you to get pissed because everyone in the world assumes that they're going to raise your ire and get you really grumpy if they interfere with your sex. That's what it is. I don't want people mad at me. Happens a lot. It's never desired on my part. Happens so, so, so much. So much. But that's just the cost of truth. Talk to John the Baptist at prayer. Pray to John the Baptist and be like, now, I got this guy, Tim Gordon. He's planting a bug in my ear. And he's saying, I don't know, St. John the Baptist. He's saying this crazy-ish about if I get civilly divorced and remarried, without an annulment or with a bogus annulment, I would guess, then I'm just a common adulterer. Is that true? That can't be true, right? St. John the Baptist? Uh, Meet me in prayer here. John the Baptist will be like, no, sorry, dude, he's right. Uh, You know, I lost my head for it. Literally and figuratively. (laughs) I had my head chopped off because I told the king that he cannot enter an adulterous second union. And he, his, particularly his wife, really went berserk. She scared her husband, her simping husband up, simping second husband, who was just concerned after his own sex, scared him up, he got really angry, and he chopped my head off. People have died over this issue. Uh, St. Thomas More with King Henry VIII. I mean, people have lost their lives because they were not willing to accept that there is such a thing as Catholic divorce. Because they were, they were not willing to accept the other party lying and yeah. saying that there's no such thing as Catholic divorce. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Thomas Fisher, Thomas More, right? Yeah. Weren't they both? Did I make up that they're both Thomases? <laughs> um, 
Holy cow, let me read to you. Okay, so in 1992, Steph helped me do this research. In 92, here are the stats. 2% of all the folks that applied for annulment were denied. One in 50. 80, what is it? 83% were granted. What about all the rest? 83% were granted. 15%? Thank God. Thank, thank your stars. 15% reconsidered. Hopefully all 15 of them return to their marriages. That's what folks need to be doing. Returning to their marriages. And if there is, because people are talking about abuse or uh, people who have addiction issues, if there's a severe issue for bodily harm or injury, separate. you are allowed to physically separate. Catholic wives are allowed to take their children out of the house if the husband is being abusive or there's something going on that's physical harm. That does not mean you're allowed to just start dating somebody. That has nothing to do with the issue, though. Where, where, where you lay your head at night is not something that the church troubles itself to micromanage. We're not talking about that. We're talking about doing the horizontal mambo with someone new, right? Because your husband turns into an abusive a-hole or was an abusive a-hole and you knew that and for whatever reason tossed caution to the wind on the night of your wedding whatever the case that has nothing to do with whether or not you're allowed you are bound to this guy and if you don't want to live with him the church has always said separate get yourself and your kids safe that has zero to do with whether or not you're allowed to start chasing the skirt or be courted by uh men now if you chose this guy you are one flesh with him. Maybe he's the worst. Stay away from him, but you're technically one flesh. You are committed to him. Okay? Now, annulment, of course, is a different matter. It says that you're crossing your fingers, you know, behind your back. You never planned to enter into union, to be procreative, to be procreative and educate the offspring. These are all real reasons. Okay? A lot of shotgun weddings of young people that are getting getting uh getting jicky with it with each other prior to marriage and then the father of the bride says get married or else that that's the most common reason that a, a real annulment will be granted okay you shouldn't have premarital sex we all know that well i think everyone knows that i i i, I hesitate to presume anything but Shy of those few circumstances, it's really hard to see how there are so many valid annulments. And here are the numbers. 59, I have numbers for 92. They were, they were big in 92 on printing this stuff. 59,000 annulments granted in the U.S., only 76,829, well, not only, 76,829 annulments granted worldwide, but less than 20,000 outside of the U.S., 59,000 of them in this very Protestant, post-Protestant country. Protestants love the divorce, okay? Now, only 300 in total were considered prior to 1962's convening of Vatican II. Only 300 considered. That might be the whole world. Probably less than 100 of those were granted. Okay, that can't change after two millennia. How did everything change after two millennia? You know how. Vatican II was a Leviathan. I mean, that is shocking. In 1992, only one in 50 
of folks who sought an annulment in the U.S. were denied. Everyone else, 83%, were granted or 15% thought better of it and was like, look, I don't need it. If you are out there right now, parish orphans and retrogrades, considering an annulment, call it off. Work it out. Buy a book that tells... What, what destroyed Christian marriage? Feminism. Feminism by women, feminism by men. Role swapping. Proto-transgender. Read Steph's book, Ask Your Husband. How to have a lovely, fun, excellent, enchanted, enchanting, sweet life as a woman by obeying your husband, submitting to him, having fun every day, loving each other, serving each other. And read my book, The Case for Patriarchy. That's what you need if things are going really south in your marriage right now. Not in an omen. It's called a boyfriend and a girlfriend for a reason. Courtship is for teens. People should be getting married young. Shouldn't be going to college, right? Um, these, this is like a weird, unexpected mashup of all of my projects, all of my recent books, Steph's book. People should get married young and stay married. It is appropriate to be dating in most cases. I'm not talking about being widowed or widowered. To be married young. That's why it's called a boyfriend or girlfriend in all the languages. A man friend or a woman friend? A man friend or a woman friend. It doesn't work. Okay? <laughs> it's dignified to have struggles in your marriage. Everyone does. And to work them out. stick to Okay? Listen to what you start sounding like. Look at these numbers. They're a shame. Post-conciliar annulment is Catholic divorce. It's a sham. It's a shame. Look what they did to the numbers. 300 total applications in 1962 or 3. 59,000 granted in the U.S., 76,000, almost 77,000 granted in the world, probably. Well, the number doesn't go up that much when we consider total applied for because only 2% are being denied. There is tell the canonical uh, tribunal's uh, uh, dean in back when I lived in Bakersfield, I was friends with him, and he told me, yeah, yeah, you hear tell of the 0% denial diocese. That's real. The 0% denial diocese. That is Catholic divorce. So why is Francis and the St. Gallen Mafia toiling to make these claims about sex ethics within the confines of marriage? Because they're applying them to gay stuff. That's what they're doing. That's what Amoris Laetitia, the joy of sex... His post-synodal apostolic exhortation was all about. It's getting in the gay stuff. They, they already handled, if they wanted to be liberal for straight men who are married or straight women who are married, they don't really care about that, right? Because that's, that's not the special interest case number one of St. Gallen Agenda. You look after who you are. And uh, they're applying all this non-annulment, true divorce stuff the new sexual divorce ethics, they're applying that more to the realm of homo unions. The annulment stuff takes care of everybody, aside from 2%. Okay, I want to read to you from a really, really staggering LA Times article because I want to talk about the way that, really quickly, the way that Vatican II changed, changed how easy it is to get an annulment. We had no annulments, basically, in the whole world, like a few dozen in the whole world prior to Vatican II. Ninth, 1,960 years, say, of just 
yeah, you can't get a, you're a Catholic, no divorce. You ever heard of King Henry VIII? Has anyone ever heard of this guy? He was a sovereign called King Henry VIII. He made a whole stinking religion, Anglicanism, because the Catholic Church went balls to the wall on marriage. Can't get a divorce. Oh yeah, well, I'm going to start killing some of the, the highest prelates in the world, like Moore and Fisher. Yeah. Sorry, By King Henry way, VIII. His first wife, uh, Queen Catherine of Aragon, uh, she is a real inspiration for women whose husbands have left them. Um, she Really, if you're in a situation right now where you have a husband who has all sorts of infidelity issues or whatever, read about Cat, his wife, Henry VIII's first wife. She was a Catholic. What a devout, woman. And to the end of her life, she was trying to get her husband's soul in order and prayed for him and just stayed true to her faith. She is a real, real inspiration. And he... What's a woman, man? He humiliated her. He had public trial, trials where he tried to prove that she was an unchaste woman. This was all over there. The, the news of the time. I mean, she went through hell. So and, read about her. Yes, yeah, Steph's really into the wives of King Henry VIII. And Catherine of Aragon, like is a real-life, I think, saint. Um, she reminds me of the lead female character in Sense and Sensibility, just a long-suffering saint, goes beyond holiness in her vocation. Um, just reminds me of, of the lead character in Sense and Sensibility every time you talk about it. What a female mensch, just a woman. The, the 1500s, that's when they could make them. There were so many good women like this back then. Just beautiful. Now women, I mean men too, but especially when everyone's so messed up by feminism and marriage is so messed up by feminism that everyone's applying and married men hate their marriages because their wives treat them like garbage and, and they, they just talk about their wives behind their back. Then they get the eventual annulment divorce and, and they go through that two or three times because they can't stay married. It's, it's a nightmare. Feminism read the did this. Last, read the last letter Queen Catherine wrote to Henry VIII on her deathbed for inspiration. Even as she's dying, she's praying for his soul and asking him to repent of his sins. It's amazing. What I would a, actually put it in my book because yeah. it's so incredible. What a beautiful, yeah. beautiful anyway. woman. <laughs> I, I mean, you want my admiration? You got it. Catherine of Aragon. You have a fat, sleazy, scumbag husband. You don't like his odds. What's the over-under on that guy making heaven? Like, none. <laughs> I mean, but, but Catherine, what a... Way, you're way better looking than your husband, first off. You're way holier. She's Catholic, right? I mean, well, yeah, because she was... She, everyone was Catholic yeah. in England. <laughs> Until uh, he didn't get his way, now everybody became Anglican or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so this is, this is uh, living and dying, folks. This is living and dying. This is big time, baby, as Ace says in Stand By Me. This is a big deal, and it's kind of more important to your life your vocation, than issues of the priesthood or even the liturgy. In a certain way, it's really much more important that we talk about it much less. And I know like 30% of you are very mad at me now, and I don't want that, right? I'm just, I'm mad because of what the bishops of the church have done, making it okay. Now, this LA Times article from 1996, really, really a great peek into the secular mindset that infiltrated the Catholic mindset. July 6, 1996, annulments no longer a rarity for Catholic. After his divorce and before he remarried, Joseph de Kestra of Hoover, Alabama, applied to the Roman Catholic Church for an annulment and got it in less than a year. 
He was one of more than 59,000 annulments granted in the United States, 76,829 worldwide in 1992, reflecting a stark contrast to the early 1960s, where Catholic marriage tribunals considered about 300 applications for annulment in this country each year. Oh, it's country, not world. According to the 1966 Catholic Almanac, the church has gone through a transformation, like everything after Vatican II, DeCastro said. For him, the annulment meant he could remarry in the church after his divorce. You can eat that piece of cake, and it'll still be there. That cake will bilocate. Joseph DeCastro. That's That's a bad name. Uh, For years, most Catholics who got divorces were stigmatized and unable to remarry. For years. It's doctrine. But divorced Catholics who follow church procedures regarding the dissolution of a marriage can be embraced as full participants by the church rather than shunned or marginalized. Roman Catholics through the years have suffered much confusion over annulment, the process of having church officials declare a marriage sacramentally invalid, that it never was. Annulment does not mean that a couple were never married. Well, no, that's not right. LA Times. It actually does mean that when it's real. It means it was a legal fiction, the very existential status, the ontological status of that marriage. The civil recognition of the marriage still stands, and children born during a marriage that was later annulled are not considered illegitimate. But getting an annulment does allow a Catholic to remarry in a church ceremony. Do you hear all the confusion? All the cognitive dissonance? They're just trying to report, and they're like, dude, I, the church isn't clear on this. It was very clear, now it's not clear, but they're trying to use the headliner from the erstwhile era of the church. Yeah, this isn't just Catholic divorce. It is, though. You can't defend defend annulment, not Catholic divorce, to your Protestant friends anymore. It is now. Sister Marilyn Vassalo and Sister Lynn McKenzie work at a marriage tribunal for the Catholic Diocese of Birmingham. Here it comes. Since last fall, they've been traveling from church to church, holding workshops to explain the process of annulment to Catholics and non-Catholics as well. They're going to give an explanation. Re-education camp. Sister Lynn, a University of Alabama Law School uh, graduate and partner in Coleman, Alabama Law Firm, serves as defender of the bond of marriage for the tribunal. I represent the church, she said. I'm actually standing for the church's position for defending the sacredness of marriage. Annulment cases generally include testimony by witnesses, including ex-spouses, either in person or through written statements. Ex-spouses are allowed to defend themselves from accusations that they are irresponsible or had traits that made them too immature to have gotten married when they did. Immaturity should never be entering the equation, right? It should be, you did this behind your back, or you had the firm intent and you expressed it to someone else. You should not, if you're seeking the annulment, you should not be considered dispositive or even evidentiary on behalf of your own mens rea on the day of your marriage. You shouldn't just be able to be like, I was thinking 10 seconds before, and I remember this clearly, that I really am not going to bring forth life in this union. That's BS. Tribunal judges examine the emotional state of the people at the time of the marriage. Well, how do you evidence that? If they're seeking an annulment, they're going to be lying. De facto. And they also make a determination of whether they should have been allowed to marry or whether they were ready to marry. Personality tests are a standard requirement of the annulment process today. What's a personality test? What, Myers-Briggs? Based on Carl Jung? This is anti-Catholic stuff. What are you talking about? 
We use modern psychology now to look at the person's understanding of what the marriage is and their ability to fulfill the obligations of marriage, Sister Lynn So you see this? If you're a defender of modern annulment, you're feeling, if you know all the other stuff that you should know as a retrograde out there, then you're feeling embarrassed. Your, your position is highly attenuated. They use modern psychology now to look at the person's understanding of what marriage really is and their ability to fulfill the obligations of marriage. That's not what it is. If you were committed and you expressed it to someone else that to not bringing forth life in this union, that's a good reason not. If you told your buddy, I only got married because that day my wife's dad had a shotgun in my back, that's a case. There might be one or two other valid cases, but there aren't, there aren't many more than that. The Second Vatican Council from 62 to 65 set in, changes, set in motion changes in the annulment process that made it easier to get an annulment. Okay, what are these? In the past, quote, there were a lot of bad feelings, said Sister Marilyn, an associate judge for the marriage tribunal of the Catholic Diocese of Birmingham. It was not, get this, Steph. Sister Marilyn said it was not a positive experience to go through ripping your family apart. That is unjust. Ripping your family apart and pissing on the ashes of the smoldering ruin of what was once your family, that should be a fun thing says Sister Marilyn, right? You destroy the bond, the one flesh that you entered into and you called a party for yourself with God and all of your friends as witnesses. And then when you say, nah, I don't really want to do that, it turns out that they, they root for all the wrong sports teams. You know, they don't make, this lady doesn't make my favorite foods all the time and can't read my mind. We're not soulmates. What? We're disagreeing. We, we disagreed. Is that one of the 15 uh, uh, elements according to these shysters? Have you ever had a disagreement where you say opposing things? That's grounds for annulment. fly not always stay up? <laughs> hey, that's, that's personal. I have a pair of jeans where the fly comes down 30 seconds later. <laughs> Friends in town can vouch for this. Um, it's very embarrassing. But that, luckily, that's not one of the 15 elements it of valid marriage. Be yeah, it could be. But it, it, it's so unjust that ripping your family apart was not a positive experience prior to Vatican II, when the church was barbarous. By granting annulments more liberally, the church hoped to restore more Catholics to full participation in the church. We're trying to bring people back into the fold. Now, you've heard this kind of crap from Francis since the 2014-2015 synods and the 2016 exhortation. Now most applications for annulment are granted. Boom. Chase the skirt, dudes. Who cares what promises you made or the flesh that you joined? Go chase the skirt. Men like to do it. It's true. Men, men like women. Women like men. Hit the nightclubs. Hit the discotheques. You can have some, you know, handsome Latin man sweating all over you, as <laughs> Vince Vaughn says. Can you imagine? It's going to be terrific. In 1993, the most recent year, this is 96 perspective, the most recent year for which U.S. stats were available, American Catholics were granted 53,652 annulments for shame. We are Sodom, okay? The majority of the 70,478 granted in the world, and again, we are the pimps of the world. We export sodomy, transsexuality, divorce, contraception, 
abortion. There is no question. Burn it and salt the earth, man. However, that was down from the peak in 1991, so it was down a little. 63,933 annulments in this godforsaken country in 1991. John Paul II has at times expressed, now here he is, Mr. Ambivalence. John Paul II at times expressed concern about the large number of annulments granted in the United States and urged more caution in the process of declaring church marriages sacramentally invalid. But proponents of annulments say they are not just a legalistic hurdle, but an important liturgical element of the church in restoring divorced people. Ultimately, it's between self and God, said Maureen Kaisan, who was granted an annulment five years ago. That's very wise, Maureen. I want to be a total participant in my faith, so... Do hard cut out, things. Yeah, do hard things. Commit yourself to what your faith commits you to. Celibacy. If your husband's an a-hole, you don't have to live with him. You're going to be celibate, though. Get used to knitting. Get some hot tea on a Friday night, right? Get a couple of cats. <laughs> Get a rosary group, you know? Watch Matlock. Or, or if you're a female, uh, Murder, She Wrote. Matlock's for the divorced men that are committed to celibacy now, right, guys? It's going to be dope. If you can't work out your marriage, be celibate. Unless you're one of the very small exception exemption cases that qualify for an annulment because someone had a shotgun in your back. Did you? If it wasn't that or a couple other things, then no annulment. Sorry. Getting to heaven's hard, but it's worth it. The annulment, which she applied for three years after she was divorced in a civil procedure, was a, quote, healing process. Yeah. When people give me everything I want, I call it a healing process, too. That was so healing. I got everything I wanted. I got to have this piece of cake, and it magically reappeared the second I finished that last delicious bite. I got to have my cake and eat it, too. It healed me. All right, so that's an LA Times article about post-conciliar annulment. I just want to read you a New York Times headline about Francis's post-2015 changes to annulment. In other words, Francis, when he got to the year 2015, he looked at all these, you know, whatever it is, 500,000% increase in annulments being granted for the first time in the history of mankind. And he, he looked at that, Francis did, with his evil little eyes. And he thought, this isn't enough divorce. <laughs> That's what he did. He looked at that. He's like 300 total considerations for annulment, most of them denied in the whole world or, or in the whole U.S. before. That number spiked to 70,000 per year. And I want more divorce. And if you don't believe me, if you think I'm just being a hyperbolic exaggerator, consider what Francis said in 2017. You know what he said? Quote, I won't say quote. It, he said this. Most marriages within Christendom are probably invalid. He's evil. He's evil. Okay, so this is the New York Times article. Uh, Mark Garrett, this is written in 2015. Mark Garrett does not take communion when he goes to church. Sometimes he walks up to the priest, crosses his arms over his chest, and touches his shoulders to signal that he is seeking a blessing. Sorry, guys, that does nothing. 
for you. You need the Eucharist, and therefore you need to be celibate if you're divorced. More often, mindful of his divorce years ago, Mr. Guerin, a 64-year-old Illinoisian, Illinoisan, I guess, remains in his pew, watching with slight embarrassment as the rest of the row moves to the front of the church. Why is the rest of the pew moving to the front of the church? They're all contracepting, right? If it's a Novus Ordo parish, pretty much most people shouldn't be going forward to receive. You contracepting? You IVFing? Are you divorced? Are your kid, Have you taken proper care to make sure your kids aren't having premarital sex at their sexaholic university? None of you guys, save one in ten, should be going to forward to communion. He shouldn't be embarrassed. He should be in the majority, staying in the pew, not doing the ridiculous crossed arms thing, and just praying. Praying. Praying for forgiveness for all of us. Pray penance. Penance. Pamela Crawford, 46, of Virginia, is having none of that. She's mad. (laughs) These people. Twice divorced, she too feels judged by her church. But when she does go to Mass, she walks up with the rest of the congregation. She's going to mortal sin and desecrate Jesus' body to get back at God for having some rules. John the Baptist, judgmental. If God has a problem with me taking communion, we'll sort it out, she said. I, I'm going to talk how I talk off mic, and that's going to get me in a lot of trouble. I'm not a fan of ladies like this. If God has a problem with me taking communion, we'll sort it out. Did you hear that? This sassy lady said she's taking communion anyway, twice divorced. Twice divorced. She feels so judged by her church. What? I said, look, the second I stop rolling tape, I talk how I really talk, and that's just going to get me in trouble. Talk about people like this. Facing millions of divorced Catholics around the world, millions, just oodles of divorced Catholics many of whom express frustration over their status in the church. The Vatican has begun a remarkable re-examination of the church's treatment of worshipers whose marriages have been broken. Uh, Pope Francis, who plans to make his first trip to the United States in September, this is 2015, I think, to attend a conference on families, has acknowledged the concerns of divorced Catholics. He has set in motion a high-level debate about whether and how the church could change its posture toward them without altering a doctrine. He is, oh, he is such a magician. Always changing posture without changing doctrine. How do you do it? He won't alter that doctrine that declares marriage to be permanent and indissoluble. Okay, that's great. So you're not going to alter the doctrine. Marriage is permanent and indissoluble, yet you just said millions of Catholics are divorced. Almost 100,000 Catholics a year get annulments. What the hell's going on, people? Is anybody there? Do you understand? John the Baptist went to his death. Do you understand what happened with the English Reformation? If your husband or your wife is too jerky to be lived with, fine. But you can't go around and start it up with someone else. All right, that's all I'm going to say here. The battle lines are clear. Some high-level church officials, most notably the Conference of German Bishops, they're really, I think they're the good and faithful ones. I have to double-check after. Want the church to relax its rules so that divorced Catholics can more fully return to church life, particularly by receiving communion, even if they've remarried. Remember, they got their way in the next year. Even though everyone's able to get an annulment anyway, a fake annulment. Traditionalists are pushing back fiercely arguing that the indissolubility of marriage is ordained by God and therefore 
non-negotiable. These traditionalists, the New York Times says, implies, they're ridiculous. When you call all of your family and friends together and you say, check this out, I'm going to make a vow before God in heaven that I will take this woman in health, in sickness, till death do us, depart, do us part. And I'm just going to, no matter what happens, come what may, it's me and her versus the world. That's what you say when you get married. You call your friends together like a yutz to do this. And then like five years later, you're like, no one can stand in my way. It's like, why did I come Sometimes to your party? 20 years later or 30 years yeah, later, these yeah. people are trying to get in on this. Look at Steph Curry's parents, who nearly aborted him, by the way. 33 years later. They're, I, don't, I don't think they're trying to get an annulment because they're, they're, they're not Catholic, but they're like, hey, man, if they were Catholic, Steph Curry's parents, 33 years later, you got two NBA playing grown men and a daughter, no shotgun wedding, um, and you've been married since, I don't know, the Carter administration or some shit, and you're telling me that that was a shotgun wedding? You're telling me you did not have impressionable mens rea on the day of your wedding? Get TFO, man. Oh, no one's buying it. And the Catholic Church shouldn't buy it. And the New York Times and liberal Catholics and even many centrist Catholics are like, well, why are the traditionalists pushing back so fiercely, arguing that the indissolubility of marriage is ordained by God and therefore non-negotiable? Well, because it is. In October, Bishop, this is 2015, from around the world argued about divorce, among other topics, at a synod on family issues. That's all it was on, sex. People want sex with new people when they eventually get divorces. And they're going to scream like that sassy lady, I'm going to have it. And I'm going to desecrate the body of Jesus anyway. So the New York Times doesn't get it. What I don't get is why Catholics don't get it. Watching closely are many of the Catholics whose marriages have fallen apart. An estimated 28% of American Catholic adults who have ever been married have since divorced, according to the Center for Applied Research in the Apostolate at Georgetown. I, I think they meant to say apostate, Georgetown University. That rate is lower than in the general public, but still constitutes 11 million Catholics. Holy cow, man. I mean, look at this. I'm just going to read this and then I'll close. I'll let you guys decide. I've given you enough here today. I think, I think I've made the case. You know where I stand. Uh, look at this. So Pew Research. Fewer than half of Catholics say homosexual behavior, remarriage without annulment, cohabitation, and contraception are sins. Catholics are the worst, right? We are the losers of the religion. I think Protestants have better numbers than this. The Catholic Church should or should not allow... Look at this. Uh, these are just straight-up dope numbers. 66% of Catholics think it's not a sin to use contraceptives. Well, it's not up to you. This leads to divorce. 54% think uh, that it is not a sin to live with a romantic partner outside marriage. 49%, one out of two, fully, remarry after divorce without an annulment. They don't even care, like that lady. 39% say it's not a sin to engage in homo behaviors. Sin cries out to heaven, according to the Bible. Um, 76% of Catholics think uh, the church should allow Catholics to use birth control, also leads to divorce. Birth control, number one leading 
to divorce after feminism writ large. 61% think the church should uh, allow cohabiting Catholics to receive communion. 62% thinks uh, that the church should allow remarried to, without annulment, receive communion. And 46% think we should recognize the marriages of the homos. The fake marriages of the homos. I'm sick of it, man. I'm, I don't know what to say, okay? All these facts and figures... Vatican II clearly set in motion these changes, and Francis in 2015 amped them up, and then 2016 dealt with the few remaining people that couldn't get an annulment and just gave them the Eucharist anyway. New York Times, LA Times on both of these topics sound just like liberal and even centralist, centrist Catholics. You answer the question for yourself. Leave a comment in the comm box. I'm sure you guys are doing this as I speak. Is annulment just Catholic divorce? Or is it totally different? It's its own thing. No, we don't have divorce. We're Catholics. Everything changed at Vatican II, my friends. I don't know how we're going to recover from this. I don't know how the family, the single cell of the church, the single cell of the civil society, recovers from what our bishops did to us. So goes the church, so goes the world, and our bishops did this to us. Heaven forfend but I, I, don't think, I don't think we can recover. Far be it for me to say, though. God wills it, Deus Volt, that we can. God bless you. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit.